preaching on the giants in David's life. And First uh, Samuel chapter 17, we're going to find the first giant that David faced. First chapter, First Samuel chapter 17. I'm not going to read the entire story. I'm just going to hit some highlights in it. Everybody knows this story. Uh, verse number two, and Saul and the men of Israel were gathered together and pitched by the valley of Elah. And he set a battle in Ray against the Philistines. And the Philistines stood on a mountain on one side, and Israel stood on the mountain on the other side, and there was a valley between them. And there went out the champion of the a camp of the Philistines named Goliath of Gath, whose height was six cubits and nine and six cubits in a span. And he had a helmet of brass upon his head, and his armor was coated with a mail. And the weight of the coat was 5,000 shekels of brass. And he had, had greaves of, uh, of brass upon his legs and targets of brass between his shoulders. And the staff of his spear was like a weaver's beam. And his spear had, head weighed 600 shekels of iron and one bearing a sh uh, shield which went with before him. And he stood and cried unto the armies of Israel and said unto them, Why are you come out? to set battle in array, am I not a Philistine and your servant of Saul? Choose a man for you to do, and let him come down to me. And if he be able to fight with me and do kill me, then we will be your servants. But if I prevail against him and I kill him, then shall ye be our servants and serve us. And the Philistines said, I defy the armies of Israel this day and give me a man that may be fight together. When Saul had and all of Israel heard these words of the Philistine. They were dismayed and greatly afraid. Let us pray. Father, we just thank you. And like the Lord just asks you to open our hearts and minds. Help us to be what we need to be. Father, we'll praise you for what you are. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Like I said, everybody knows this story of a little boy and a giant. The world knows about it. Uh, it's used many times in uh, different arrays, arenas, uh, to, to encourage somebody or a team that's not quite up to the same level of achievement of another team is that they're facing. But just like David, we all can be winners. And that's what this story we find in 1 Samuel chapter 17. I'm dealing with the, this thought, the giants in David's life. There are several giants that David faces throughout his life, and we see that. From his youth to his age and life, and I believe everybody here tonight, because of all these fights we fight the exact same giants and all you say well I don't have a Goliath in my life yes you do and you just don't know it you got a giant called Goliath in your life I find that these giants in David's life are pictures of the giants in our life Goliath being a picture of the world that each and every one of us face tonight and we have to fight this world every night. So tonight I'm looking at Goliath the giant or looking at the world that we face against each and every day that we walk in this world. So tonight we're dealing, going to look at the giant that's in front of David. That's in front of you and I. It's called the world tonight. Everybody in this building has to fight this giant. You can't get away from it because we're all in this world. And he's the picture of the world. Goliath is. We find that this giant is big. He's bad. 
and he's a bully. He, he, he's big, he has a, he's, he's hard to miss. I mean, if, you, if you're looking around and, uh, and you look and see people that are tall, I've met seven foot four people and they, they're tall, but this guy, Goliath, is someone that you cannot miss. He's hard to miss. He's big, he's up in your face, he, he, he looks bad. You can't miss it. You can't miss the world today because it's big, it's bad, it's up in your face every time you turn around. You cannot get secluded from this world. You cannot hide from this world no matter what you do. The world is always going to be in front of you. The world makes you feel dirty. And you're going to have to deal with the world day in, day out. That's the reality of tonight is that we have to fight this giant called the world every day. You, you see the garbage that's in this world today. We have to deal with it. You see the filth that's in this world every day. And we have to fight this every day. And we're living like Solomon and Gomorrah today. And we have to face this. We have to fight this every day. The Bible said... For the righteous man dwell among them in seeing and hearing vexes righteousness sold from day to day with their unlawful deeds. You see that every day you hear every day uh, at your job, at your workplace, you even start to see it and hear it from the schools. You'll start to even hear it from the churches today. If you don't know that you're living in this type of world, just turn on your TV. If that's not the world, I don't know what is. 1 John 2 says, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man that love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. You cannot love this world. You cannot take part in this world. We have to separate ourselves from the world. And we have to fight this world every day. We're in this world, but we're called out of this world. Jesus said, you're, you're, you're not of this world. You're, you're somebody else. You, you've been called out. You're not to love the world. Not have the, the lust of the flesh and lust of the eye and pride of life. We're not to have that because those who love those, those who have that in their life, that said the, the, the world loveth die, but those who believe in Christ live. The world can afflict you. Can I tell you that tonight? If you don't have been afflicted, let me just say this, hold on. The world can press you down. You can't not let it possess you tonight. You notice what this giant's doing here. He's slandering, he's mocking God and his people. Is not not what the world is doing today? Verse 10, it says, the Philistines said, I defy the armies of Israel. He's defying God. When he's defying Israel, he's defying God's people. He's basically shaking his fist in the face of God. And God's people saying, I don't think that you're nothing but a bunch of wimps. I defy you and I defy your God today. And let me just say, ain't that what the world's doing today? 
Is that not what the world is doing today? They's taking his fist and shaking it in God's face and in God's people says, I defy you. I don't know if you've looked around lately. That's what the world is doing today. It shakes his fist at God. It shakes his fist at God's people. It shakes his fist at God's word. Everything that's holy, everything that's right, and everything that's righteous, they stand against. You don't think so, and you, you ain't been walking with God. The only kind of Christian would think this world is a good place is somebody has gotten comfortable in the lifestyle of this world. And they start serving God, you'll find the real fact that this world does not like God. They don't love your Jesus. They don't love your scriptures. They don't love your church. They don't love you. They're, they're defying you today. They're telling you, you got to live our way or you can't live at all. That's what the world is wanting us. Let me just say, everybody here needs to understand, especially the young people today, they are telling you you cannot defy them. You have to accept their standards. You have to live the way they want you to live. And if you go against them, they will smack you down. Goliath standing there saying, hey, why don't you send somebody down to face me? He's defying the people of God. The, the world is defying the people of God today, especially young people. They don't want you to stand up for God. They don't want you to accept God. They don't want you to live for God. They've got standards they want you to live by. And if you don't, they will attack you. Ain't it crazy how the world looks at everything different? But when it comes to the Word of God and God, they're all on the same page. They can't. Stand God. And when you say Jesus, it really, it really gets to them. You want to know why we got kids running around killing kids? They run around like animals. They, they don't even know what sexuality they are. They don't know if they're a boy or a girl. They don't know if they're a girl or a boy. We, we got a problem when kids can't figure out what sex they are. And the reason why is because we raise them up in this world today that says, hey, do what you want to do. Be what you want to be. You can, and everybody accept the way you are. No. God doesn't accept the way you are. They want you to bow down to their standards, their way of thinking. And that's the world today. They, they're teaching them that everything came from a big bang. You came from a pond, you crawled out of a pond, then all of a sudden you grew a tail and you start swinging from the trees, and, and you're there that way today. They're, they're teaching them they came from animals, so that's why kids act like animals. God created you in His image. The world's going to try to make you and force you to live to their standards, their way of thinking, whether you like it or not. Goliath, and they dared you to difficultly to be, don't, to be uh, uh, different from all them. You can't have a difference of opinion. you got to have the same thought pattern they have. They're trying to make you yoke up with their beliefs, their way of thinking, their standards, 
But I'm not worried about that. I'm not worried about that. I have on my side the same one that David had on his side. He's bigger than the world. He's bigger than a Goliath. David's mindset was uh, heaven on his mind and God is on his mind. Heaven in his throne. Uh, uh, Goliath could not stand against David because God was with Goliath. Let me just say, you, you can stand against this world because God stands with you tonight. You ain't got to accept the things that the world throws at you. You ain't got to compromise your belief. You can stand against their, their beliefs and their ways and their standing because God stands with you tonight. How is it possible that David... Walked out from this fight victorious. This little bitty five foot eight ruddy guy. Nine foot man. How is it possible that David was able to go and defeat this giant? Give you some things right quick. They'll help you out. First, he sought out the acceptance of God. How in the world could this small ruddy teen boy how could he stand against a giant that was undefeatable? He was a giant, the Goliath was a man of war. The Bible says from his youth. And here David was a shepherd. He tended sheep from his youth. I'm going to tell you how he did this. When everybody else was uh, uh, covering, when everybody else was telling him, don't do this, don't do that. David said, there's somebody on my side. If you're standing up to Goliaths of the world today, they start trying to tell you, you got to stop, you can't do that, you cannot stand against Goliaths, you cannot stand against this world. Let me just say, just tell them, there's somebody on my side. Isn't it something, the whole entire nation of Israel did not like what Goliath was doing. They, they all didn't like it. But none of them was willing to step up and do something about it. Nobody liked what Goliath was saying. Nobody had the guts to speak out against. That sounds like a lot of Christians today. Everybody wants to talk about how they don't like this, how they don't like that. I, I, I don't want, like what they're doing over there. But ain't nobody doing nothing about it. Nobody's taking a stand. Nobody said, hey, uh, that's not what God said. I, I'm going to stand with God. I'm going to stand on the truth. I'm going to stand against this world. And if you stand with the word of God and you stand with God on your side, you're going to stand in victory. He sought acceptance with God. David was not worried about what the giant said. He wasn't worried about what everybody else was saying. He wasn't worried about Saul and all the other men were saying. He, he wasn't seeking their approval. He wasn't looking for Saul's approval. He wasn't looking for Israel's approval. In fact, his own brothers said, what are you doing? What do you think you're doing? I, they said, I know why you're here. You just come to see what's going on. 
David did bring him something to eat, but when he got there, he heard something that shocked him. He heard something that just ate him in the heart. He says, they're defiling the living God. And let me just say, he stood up. He said, if God is for us, who can be against us? Israel was not doing anything. Israel was not standing up. If God's before you, who can be against you? If God said it's right, it's right. If God said it's wrong, it's wrong. And you ought to just stand on that. I'm not looking for the acceptance of this world and trying to agree with their standards. I'm telling you what God said, and I'm going to live for what God said. I'm going to accept what God says, and that's what I'm going to stand on. We have to fight this world every day of our lives until we go home but we don't have to accept the standards of this world. Look at chapter 18. Chapter 18, verse number 5. This is after he defeats the Philistines. And David went out with whatsoever Saul and sent him and behaved himself wisely. And Saul set him over men of war, and he was accepted in the sight of the people and also in the sight of Saul's servant. Now we find that David has gained acceptance with men. But don't miss this. Long before David gained acceptance with men, he gained acceptance with God. The problem with a lot of people today, they run and try to gain acceptance with man and try to be accepted by man, and they lose the approval of God, and they don't try to gain acceptance with God. If you... Gain acceptance with God. He will work everything out for you. He will fix the rest of it tonight. So how do you know that David gained acceptance with God? Because he served his father faithfully. God puts a high price on faithfulness tonight. Can I tell you that? If you want to be able to stand up against the world, then you're going to need to learn how to have some faithfulness in your life. Remember when Samuel was at Jesse's house, God told him to go there and anoint the next king of Israel. Jesse gets there, and he starts parading all his sons before Jesse. And every time one come from, come in front of Jesse, he'd be a big one, he'd be a mean one, he'd be a look one. And God said, no, that's not the one. God said, no, that's not the one. And every one of them went by, and, he, and, Jesse, and, and, and Samuel said, hey, what is going on here? And then he looked at Jesse and said, Do you not have another? He said, well, yeah, we got David. He's back, back, back 40 back there tending sheep. He's doing what he's supposed to be doing. Samuel said, We will not sit. We're not going to move from this spot. We're not going to eat. We're not going to drink. We're not going to do nothing until you bring him to me. And when he did, God anointed him. Anointed to be king. He was accepted of God way before he was accepted of man. And let me just say, you cannot fight for the acceptance of man before you get the acceptance of God. If you get the acceptance of God, let God work everything out and God will give the acceptance to man. You say, preacher, I want to be able to stand up against this world. How do you do it? 
You got to have some faithfulness. You got to be faithful. Faithful to the things of God. Faithfulness to the work of God. Faithful to the house of God. Faithful to the word of God. Faithful to the prayer of God. Uh, there's got to be a level of faithfulness in your life tonight. There's no way you can stand before a big giant until you learn to be faithful with God. No way. He was anointed by God. He had been alone with God. Got anointed from God on his life. You know how he was able to stand against the world? You better seek the power of God. If you want to stand against the world and the things of this world, you better seek the power of God in your life. You better pray and ask God to anoint your life. When you pray, God, I, I know I'm saved. I, I have the Holy Ghost. But Lord, I want the Holy Ghost power in me. I, I know that people say I have the Holy Ghost on me. I'm saved. I'm bought by the blood. But let me tell you what. It's a different thing when you get down on your knees and Lord, I, I, I know I'm saved. I'm on my way to heaven. But I want your power. I, I want to feel your power. And, and when you start praying, Lord, I, fill me with the Holy Spirit. God will give you the power then. And there is a difference between having the Holy Spirit on you and being filled with the Holy Spirit. There is a difference there. When you get filled with the Holy Ghost, it will start showing in your life. The reason is a lot of people never pray for the anointing of God and the power of God in their life, they're not really willing to get rid of some things that God said. When God fills you with the Holy Spirit, God's going to tell you that house must be clean. That vessel must be clean. And when you're praying for that Holy Spirit anointing power in your life, you have to look. God says uh, there are some things that's got to come out of you. Uh, too many Christians are liking the things they're living in, the way they're living, the standards they accept. But God says if you want my power in your life, then you've got to get a house cleaning going on in order for me to fill you up. I don't know about you, but I want to be filled with the Spirit of God in my life. The only way you're going to stand against this world, the only way you can defeat this world is through the power of God, anointing in your life the power of God. Look at Romans chapter 14. Look at the acceptance of Paul. Paul was looking for him. You know what Jesus said in Matthew Chapter 6, 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. What kind of approval are you running for tonight? Who are you looking to be approved by? Approval of heart, somebody on the horizontal plane? Let me just tell you, you need to stop looking for man's approval. You need to start accepting, getting approval of God on a heavenly plane. And God will give you approval of men. The Bible says of Jesus, he walked, he was full of God, he was God, he was all man. And the Bible said, and Jesus increased in wisdom and statue and in favor of God and men. Now, don't, don't that just blow your mind? That, that blew my mind. God, all God, man, all man, and yet God grew in favor of Father. 
He grew in stature with God as a man when as with God. The problem is we got it reversed. We want the approval of man before we get the approval of God. Romans 14, verse 17. For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. How can you have righteousness? How can you have peace? How can you have joy? You can't do it through man. You can't do it through the world. You've got to do it through Jesus. For he that is in this world serveth Christ is accepted to God and approval of man. Paul said, I'm not seeking the approval of man. I'm not looking for the approval of man. I'm looking for the approval of God. If God gives me the approval of him, God will give me the approval of man. You know why some Christians run out this world, constantly run out this world? What they think about them, how they think about them, they worry about what the people say about them, how they dress, how, how they think, what they say, what they're doing. They worry about that, how they speak, how they talk. Christians are more afraid of rejection of men rather than God and hell. They are so scared that somebody might make fun of them for being a Christian. Scared that somebody might poke fun at them because they look different, act different, walk different, talk different. Listen, you need to divorce yourself from that kind of opinion when people, you're looking for the opinions of people. Because they're not looking for their favor of acceptance. We are looking for the acceptance and favor of God tonight. Acts chapter 5 verse 41. And they departed from the presence of the council rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. They, they would just been, they've been put in jail. They've been beaten. They've been trying, and, and here they are. They, they stand in for the council saying they've just been beaten. And they said, hey, look, you, you need to stop preaching the gospel. You need to stop telling people about that. And they say, we count it worthy that we suffer for his name's sake. They were rejoicing because they were able to suffer for his name. They were locked up. They were beaten for his name's sake. Are you willing to suffer shame for the name of Jesus Christ? Or you say, well, I, I don't want to suffer shame, but I don't want the world to look at me funny. I don't want to be thought of something else. I, I, I don't want to be known as a holy roller. I don't want to be known as a Bible thumper. I don't want to be known to, among those that are counted. Let me just say this. If you're not known as a Bible thumper, if you're not known as a holy roller, if you're not counted among those of Jesus Christ, then you're going to be lost and undone. You've got to have the power of God to stand against the this world tonight. David stood against the world. David stood against Goliath. Little bitty David. And God anointed him. And he had victory in his life. You say, well, I don't know if God can give me victory in my life. Let me just say this. If you pray like David prayed. If you was faithful like David was faithful. God will be faithful to you. Go back to 1 Samuel chapter 17 again. 
he, he sought the acceptance of God. Notice this in the scriptures. He stood alone. He stood alone. If you're going to fight the world, not only are you going to have to seek acceptance of God, but there's sometimes that you're going to have to stand by yourself. There, there's some parts that some people just can't handle. Standing without other people standing with you. There's sometimes Christians say, well, I, I don't like that, but I'm not going to stand against that. They're waiting for somebody else to take a stand. They're waiting for somebody else. Uh, even though the Word of God says it ain't right, it ain't right, then you ought to believe that. You ought to take a stand against it. We got the social media generation. They got to be liked. They got to be accepted. That's why all these people run around here like this. I got to be accepted. I, everybody's got to know me. And if I'm not accepted, they're looking for acceptance from the world, but they're not looking for the acceptance of God. And we see it today. If you don't act like us, you don't talk like us, you don't walk like us, you don't believe like us, then something is wrong with you. Can I say this? If you don't believe like them, you don't walk like them, you don't talk like them, then something is right with you. It ain't wrong. He's still alone. He even stood without his family. His family, I told you that David showed up and started asking, why is this Philistine doing what he's doing? Why, why are y'all allowing this go on? 1 Samuel 17, 28, and Elijah, Elab, his eldest brother, heard when he spake unto the men, and Elab's anger was kindled against David. He said, why comest down here? Why you come down here? You're just being nosy. He's just being nosy. And with whom hast thou left those few little sheep with? Now see, he's, now he's poking at him, making fun of him. <laughs> yeah. Who, who do you leave him few little sheep to have there with you? See, I know we ain't come down here. You just want to see what's going on. I know that, I love that. I know thy pride. I know thy pride and thy naughtiness and thy heart. For thou art come down that thou might see us a battle. You just come down to see a battle. Ain't that something? Here's a man trying to stand against the world. And the first thing his family said, you're just a goody two-shoe. You ever been called that? A goody two-shoe? Oh, you're just a goody two-shoe. He said, I know thy pride. You're just trying to uh, look better. You're trying to look better. rest of us, you're trying to be something that you're not. You're just one of those holier-than-thou Christians. It has nothing to do with that. It has to do with defying the world and standing with God. He says this, the Philistine is defying God. He's defying the, uh, the armies of God, and I will not stand for that. Watch what David said in verse 29. And David said, what have I done now? And I always love this. I love this. You ought, to, you ought to get this one in your mind and let it stay in there. Is there not a cause? Is there not a cause in this world today? I, I, I look at these kids that come in and I, I keep thinking to myself, is 
is there not a cause? Is there not a cause? I, I keep thinking, David said, is there not a cause? Child of God, is there not a cause to stand? Is that not a cause to stand for the cross? Is that not a call to stand for what is right? Christ is worthy, worth standing for. There's not a book worth standing for than what the Bible is. There's nothing worth standing for any more than reading the Scriptures. I served the army. I would have died for my country. I, I got a flagpole and I got a flag and I, I wave it and proudly. I stand for my country. I, I will die defending my family from what this country has become. The standards that they accept, the way they walk, the way they talk. I, I will defend my family against what I stood for. Ain't there something worth standing for in your life tonight? There's going to be some times you're going to stand alone. There'll be times your family call you crazy for defying the world, standing against the world. Some of you sitting here tonight, some of your family probably think you're crazy for being here tonight. Why are you at church on Sunday night? Why do you go to church on Wednesday night? Why do you do that? Why do you do that? Why do you do this? Is there not a cause? Some of you changed in the last three to five years that your family probably don't like it. What's wrong with you? Why are you all that way now? You didn't, you, you, I love it. You didn't used to be that way. Thank God I'm not that way no more. I, I'm glad I'm not that way no more. I'm not what I should be. But thank God I'm not what I used to be. And some family members will, will ride you if they, why, why are you like that? Is there not a clause? Look, God pulled me out of this world. God saved me. God's preparing a place for me. And I'm glad he pulled me out. I will stand with God and defy this world for what the world stands for and the standards of this world. People say you've gone off on the deep end. Well, that's all right, too. Sometimes you're just going to have to stand alone. You're just going to have to stand alone. And it's going to be sometimes against your family that you're going to have to stand against. You know what? He stood alone as a young person. I keep thinking about the kids, these young kids here today. He stood alone. David is out to fight this Philistine. Verse 33, and Saul said to David, Thou art not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for thou art but a youth. And he's a man of war from his youth. You know what the world is telling the young people today? Young people in church today, there's no way you can stand against us. You're just a child. You can't stand against us. You've got to yoke up with what we believe and how we act and the way we talk. You've got to do that. There's no way as a young person today that you can stand against the world. I love they say everybody, you've ever, everybody ever heard this? Well, everybody's doing it. 
Well, is everybody jumping off a cliff? Would you jump with them? Everybody's doing it. Not everybody is doing it there. Not everybody's doing it. There's still some that has not bowed their knee to Baal. There's still some that wants to live for God, do what's right, be holy, and bow down to uh, God and, and, and say to the bullies of this world, I will not be your standards. I will not live in your way. I am serving God. Take the Bible and stand on it, the truth of God. The Bible said every man is a liar. Not, every, not everybody there, not everybody there. Verse 42, and then the Philistines looked about and saw David. This sustained him. For he was but a youth and a ruddy and fair countenance. Can you imagine this Philistine, a man of war from his youth? Big, massive man. Been there every day, comes out in the valley to defile the God's army, defile God's people. Nobody coming out and, 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 and everybody shaking in the arm and just saying, I, I know everybody looking around, you going down? Uh -uh, I'm not going down there. You crazy? That man's three times bigger than me. I'm not going to fight them. Look at him. Look at the sword that guy's got. Look at that spear he's got. You think I want to go down there and get killed with that? No. Here comes little David. What's going on? He hears this Philistine defying the armies of God. The world mocked him. It laughed at him. But we know the end of the story. Don't worry, worry about what the world thinks about your songs. Don't worry about what the world thinks about your Bibles. Don't worry about what the world thinks about your scriptures. Don't worry about what the world thinks about. God is still in charge. Goliath got surprised. The world simply looked at David and said, you can't do it. You can't do it. But he got surprised. I wonder what the last thing that Goliath thought when that stone hit him and he is falling down. I wonder what, I'm wondering what were the last things that went through his mind. I've got, I imagine he's probably confident like a lot of people. I got this. This is in my back pocket. Don't worry. I bet he turned around to the boys up on the hills. Don't worry, boys. They're going to be worshiping, serving his. David walking down there, a little sling, a little bag. David and Goliath out there, big old man. Boy, you don't know what you just walked into. David probably saying, Boy, you don't know what you just did. You defile God and live in the arms of God. You are nothing but an uncircumcised Philistine. I'm going to show you what God can do. You don't surprise the world by being like them. You don't surprise the world by defying them. Don't be like the rest of the disrespectful little girls and boys that are disrespecting people today. Surprise them and be what God has called you to be. He was sure not only in God's ability and his.
Now, we know we don't stand in our ability. We know we don't do that. We, we can't do that. Let me, let me show you something about the ability that he had. It was God's ability, but God gave it to him. Look at what uh, the devil tries to do to this young man as he was going out in the battlefield. Sure, the, the fight Goliath and the ability. Look, verse 38. And Saul armed David with his armor. And he put a helmet of brass upon his head, and also he is armed with his uh, coat of mail, and David girded his sword upon his armor, and he arrayed him, arrayed him to go when he had uh, not proved them. He said, I, 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 for he had not proved them. And David said unto Saul, I cannot go with these, for I have not proved them. And David put them off. Saul was trying to dress him like he was. Saul trying to get him to look like him. Saul was trying to get him to look like the world, to go down to face the world. But David said, I, I haven't proved these. I'm going to use something that I've proved. I'm going to use something that I know about. I'm going to use something that I've lived with. I'm going to use something that I've walked with. I've read it. I believe it. I'm going to use something I have put my faith in. See what the devil tried to do to this boy? He tries to get to go to the battlefield and loads him down with all this junk that would hinder him instead of helping him. Be careful in letting the world load you down with carnal weapons. Bible says, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God, the pulling down of strongholds. We've got weapons that the world looks at and says, man, I don't know about that. I don't think much about the Bible. I don't think much about your God. But they're mighty through God. Oh, David was carrying with him. He didn't put the armor off. He took the swords off. He says, I can't use them. I, I'm not, I could be defeated. He got loaded down with a bunch of junk. And let me just say this. The world will try to load you down with a bunch of junk tonight to try to hinder your walk with God, to try to get you to trip up and fall away from God. Don't let the world weigh you down. Use what you've been proved of. All David had was a sling and a rock. Compared to that, it's not very significant to what Goliath had. But it was mighty through God. Saul said, you got to have this. David said, no, I haven't proved him. I ain't got to take that. I think I'll stick with what I, what I do know. People say you can't grow a church being this like this way. You can't grow a church with singers like that. You can't grow a church with preaching like that and teaching like that. You can't grow a church. I invite you to come down and see what God is doing. Through the power of God, God got the job done. He used a sling and a rock. I don't need the way that you go. I don't need the way that they go. I don't need their standards. I don't need their beliefs. I'm going to stick with God, what God said. And all the lights off and smoke screens going on, rock show going on. I'm not going to stand with the world. 
The problem is, can I say this? The problem with the churches today, they're bringing in the world to fight the world. You hear me? They're bringing in the world to fight against the world. You can't do that. You can't do that. You can't do it. David said, I, I, I'm not going to use your worldly things. I'm going to use what has been proved by me, and I know it works. You say, well, how do we fight this world? How do we fight against the world and things that's going on in this world? What should we be doing? Take a stand. Take a stand. Mom and daddy, start teaching your children to take a stand, to be faithful. Teach your children how to stand. You know the example your child needs, and listen, it's not the preacher. I'm not the example that you should, your children look at, but your children should look at you as the example they learn from. They need to see mom and daddy taking a stand. They need to see mom and daddy in the Bibles and reading the end. They need to see mom and daddy says, I'm not believing what the world says. I'm not going to stand with the world. I'm just going to stand on the truth of the Lord Jesus Christ, and I'm going to live my life that way. They need to see you take a stand. Take a stand. Church, what are you going to do? We're going to take a stand against the things of this world. We're not, we're not going to let the world come in so we can fight the world. We're going to take the word of God as David did. He says, I've proved this. This is what I'm used to. And this is what I know. And I'm going to use it. And David came out victory. If you teach your children to stand against the world today, years from now, if God tarries, they'll be able to stand then. Because if they can't stand today, they will not stand years from now. Church, we've got to take a stand. We've got to stand against the things of this world, the ways of this world, and put our faith and trust in the Word of God. Got to. Have to do that. That's what we've got to do. David.